Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Another Happy Pod is sponsored by Boars. They're like pigs, but they'll kill your fucking dog. Another Happy Pod. Hello and welcome back to Another Happy Pod. There it is. No, oh, okay. That, that's all right. We're going for a time-saving one today, Nathan. Oh, okay. Truth Fair be told, enough. I went extremely blank. <laughs> Nothing to say. Uh, we're joined by Nathan James Bauer, who doesn't have a middle name and has therefore adopted the surrogate name of James. Hello, I'm Nathan James Bauer. I don't have a middle name and I have adopted the surrogate middle name of James. I, I do have a middle name, Nathan. Mine is Thomas. That's fun, but no one cares. Anyway, <laughs> so today we are talking about uh, a movie. We are. We do that here. It's something that we tend to do a lot. Uh, but today's movie uh, is actually, Nathan, based on a book. Did you know this? Uh, I did, in the, the fact that once I watched the movie, uh, in the credits, it said, based on the novel, blah, 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 by blah, blah, blah. Well, that so. is something we're good at. We're good at watching movies and then <laughs> deciphering very clear, detailed uh, clues displayed to us yes. in title cards at the end. Um, Call we're me talk- a detective. Well, exactly, yeah. Um, we are talking about Hunt for the Wilder People. I think it's Taika Waititi's uh, third film. I may be wrong. Uh, third or fourth uh, feature-length film. Um, uh, I, I have not looked into anything regarding this, so I have no idea, by the way. So he's done. he did um, a short film, like, way back when to get himself kind of noticed that kicked off, like, basically his entire career because uh, it, it was like i think it won an oscar which was ridiculous because it was like the first proper thing he'd released um which is fucking mental that's called two cars one night then i think he did eagle versus shark i think that's the title uh then it was uh boy then it was hunt for the wilder people and then it was this i think um so he's pretty well established at this wait, point wait still... wait wait so it so it was hunt for the wilder people and then it was this movie that we're talking about here today oh yeah so it was, it was hunt for the wilder people and then the movie that we're talking about which, which is obviously is... not hunt for the wilder. it's hunt for the regular people i don't know ah, the sequel <laughs> the sequel yeah hunt for the normal people um, Ah, okay yeah uh so no that he was like pretty well established at this point um so what did you think of it because i recommended this to you uh, you you did. I had not seen it. Um, the only thing I knew about it was Taika Waititi, Sam Neill, and Julian Dennison, the kid from Deadpool Two. That's that was all I knew. knew nothing about the plot. Didn't watch a trailer. Didn't know anything else really. Uh, and I thought this movie was fucking shit. Oh, you're joking. I am joking. It's actually really good. Oh, I really thank enjoyed God. it. Nathan, my heart <laughs> sunk. I was devastated for a second. Oh, my no, God, it is, no. It... <laughs> no, it is, it is really good. I actually did 
quite enjoy this a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into it because it was quite a surprise. I I mean, I knew it was going to be good because it's Taika Waititi. Yeah. And granted, my Taika Waititi experience is limited. It's Thor, the Star Wars episode he did, um, a little bit of that vampire movie and TV show, and that's pretty much it. To be I've, honest, I've seen everything he's done apart from uh, Eagle versus Shark. Um, okay. Yeah. So, it, and to be fair, right? There's something uh, uh, this when I watched it for the first time ages ago. I obviously rewatched it for this um, and kind of remembered how much I do love it. Um, basically, I wasn't expecting anything big. I'd heard it was funny, and this was this was after I'd seen um, Thor, uh, Thor Ragnarok. So I was a bit like, oh, okay, this this will be a good time. I wasn't expecting it to kind of be as good as it was and have like as much kind of like heart as it had. Um, yeah. Which is something that looking back, cause I watched, this was the main, this was the first kind of, once I saw Thor, I watched this and then I went, Oh, now I've got to watch everything this guy's done. Um, yeah. Just cause I was like, fuck, I really liked it. Um, hold on. I, was, hold on. I think someone's, I think someone's knocking on my door. Hold on. Oh, just one minute. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to do as little editing <laughs> as possible on this. So while Nathan goes to the door, I'm going to give you a fun bit of trivia uh, that that you probably didn't know. So, Ricky Baker does not believe that Uncle Heck's use of majestical is correct in the film. The word majestical was used by William Shakespeare and appears in Hamlet, Act 1, Scene 1, when Marcellus refers to the departing ghost's uh, appearance. Tis gone, we do it wrong, being so majestical, to offer it show of violence, for it is the... For it is as the air, invulnerable, and our vein blows mal malicious mockery. So, that's that, ladies and gentlemen. Just filling out the time. Don't mind me. Um, oh, Nathan, you you're back. Uh, yeah, I am. I heard you the entire way. That was oh. great. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. I really you. ran out of trivia there. <laughs> that was that was great. You, you really are getting lazy with this editing, <laughs> Nathan. I don't. I've said it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't get paid to do this. Therefore, we record it. I spend maximum thirty minutes on it, and then it's out. <laughs> That's just the way it wow. goes. Well, um, yeah, well, look, good to know I've got effort. Was there a man at your door? We're all waiting in suspense. No, there wasn't. Was there a woman at your door? There was no one at my door. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it was a mystery. <laughs> yeah, it was a mystery. Okay. Hey, carry on. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, uh, so yeah, um, I went back and rewatched everything that he made after watching this. Um, and one thing that Taika Waititi does so well, and it's actually... Uh, basically was the main kind of critical response to his short film The Two Cars and One Night that won an Oscar that I said about um, he's just so good at one using music in his films but not in like the pretentious way that Tarantino does a lot of the time but in a way that genuinely yeah. kind of like elevates the plot not just for like a cool moment um, yeah and also uh, like just human interaction he does it so well and that's because 90% of what he films is normally just complete improv uh, or at least <laughs> was in some of his earlier films. Not so much um, Thor, obviously, because big studios. And that was that. that was, there was nothing else to that? No, there's nothing. Big studios? Just big studios, Nathan, it's true. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, from, what I, from what I understand, there was quite a bit of improv on Thor. Uh, th yeah, there's obviously there's some, but like little things like, for example... Um, the plot of what we do in the shadows was literally wrote. I think they filmed like 
something fucking ridiculous like over a hundred hours of footage of just improv and then they right. had to cut it down to make a plot from it they had like touching points and like talking points and stuff like that but basically all of the dialogue was completely improv so going from that i'd say if your strong suit's an improv thor probably was probably felt quite restrictive at a first kind of touch but obviously you know you you do have to work with the script for a lot of films <laughs> so i'm sure he got over yeah. it yeah i'm sure yeah. it's fine yeah well so I'd, I'd hope so um so yeah what <laughs> ultimately like because if, if knowing nothing yeah. what was your like first reaction to it i guess because this is a this is a weird film it is a weird film i was kind of expecting a little bit of weird though just because it's taika um and that's what you get with him mm. um yeah so julian dennison i knew from deadpool um and he's great he's a great actor so i was looking forward to seeing him sam neil is obviously great uh jurassic park most notably he's like a uh, national uh, treasure in new zealand isn't he He's a national treasure all over the world, to be sure. honest. He's great. Um, so, yeah, I loved him. Um, one thing... So, it started off, and I was really suspicious. F- f- first of all, I'm just going to say I had anxiety the entire way through this movie, and that was because of Tupac, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was just... There was the, his dog is called Tupac. First of all, a great name for a dog. Second of all, there's just so many scenes, just so many moments where they're just walking through the bush, through the wilderness, and Tupac just isn't there. But then suddenly he is. Yeah. And then all the time, I was just like, "Where the fuck is Tupac?" And it, it just <laughs> gave me so much anxiety all the time. Because uh, there's quite we'll a lot get, of we'll... like cuts in time as well. So like, I suppose every yeah. line you're waiting on, like, oh, it's a, it just cuts in. The guy, it's a shame Tupac died yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I thought something like that was going to happen, but you know, Tupac was around till the end, which is good. Yeah. Um, Zag, unfortunately, not so much. But we'll get into that. Um, now. Yeah, so when when it first started, I was very suspicious because it got too wholesome too quick. And I was like, something's going to go wrong here because he's at the new family, he's settling in, aunt seems very, very lovely lady, and he seems to really have bonded with her. Uncle, you know, a little bit distant, Sam a little bit gruff, but but potentially warming up, you know, there, there might be something there. Um... He's enjoying that life, and this could be a new start for this kid. Yeah. And I was like, "No, nah, something's fucking gonna go." This is—we're twenty minutes into the movie. Like, there's, there's no something has to fucking go wrong here. Of course, yeah. And then, of course, it did. Being that uh, Aunt died, I'm assuming had a heart attack or something. Oh, because you didn't even like in the trailers. Obviously, it gives all that away because that's the plot of the movie. So you must have been thinking oh, this it? movie's just about Ricky settling into his new family. At first I did, yeah, because oh, no. I, <laughs> I never watched a trailer, didn't see anything like that, so I'm glad I didn't, first mm. of all. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't know that was coming at all, um, so it was a bit of a shock just to see Sam Neill there wailing over her body. Like, at first I thought it was the dog or something, Yeah. because um, I didn't quite see her body at first, and then... Like it came into view, and I was like, "Oh, oh, one fuck, of, okay." One of the things I love about that is that they they just don't explain it. It's just like, yeah, like she died. You, you kind of just have to believe that she like had a heart attack, stroke, whatever. Like, and yeah. she's just dead now. Because in Sam, uh, Sam Neil, but uh, Uncle Heck, his character's called, is like just so. Oh man, his his performance in that scene. You don't. I don't. I don't even think you see his face like all that much. 
Um, but no, it's it quite that, distant. Yeah, that scream is just oh, it's fucking it's horrible to hear. It is, it is, it really is, and and like he is from from what you see at him up until that point in the movie, he is quite distant and quite reserved and and a little gruff and everything like that. Um, but it's clear that he did love his wife. It's clear that they had a good relationship together. Uh, and then obviously it is pretty heartbreaking when when he loses her. And then just immediately slaps you in the face with Tyker as a priest comic relief. So Yeah, oh well, do you know do you know the fun fact about that is that um <laughs> they, basically they filmed it and then as soon as they'd literally wrapped that scene, Taika Waititi turned around to the cast and apparently said, uh, he's never confirmed this, but according to a few like extras that have said this, uh, apparently Taika Waititi turned around and went, well, that's never going in the fucking movie, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, and then apparently in the edit, they slapped it in and um, they must have just gone, oh, this really works. Because with, with a funny comedy like, um, like this film, there's basically almost virtually no serious moments to it, or at least... That it, when there is it's very quickly undercut by a joke so you kind of you don't i suppose as the filmmaker you don't want to trick your audience and make them go oh now this is really sad you want them to be like no this is yeah. still fun but shit yeah. happens yeah i think there is serious moments in it mm. there's there's definitely heartwarming moments and, and sad moments and everything yeah. like that there's there's emotion throughout it i think yeah it is it's just I think Taika is just someone who naturally just has that. The, I don't know the words to describe. He's very, very comical. Like you see any interview he does, he's just always fucking hilarious. It's yeah. it's clearly difficult for him. Not difficult because he can't do just straight laced and he can't do something like that. But it's clearly he, more his style to do something very comedic and and wacky and funny and out there. And it absolutely works for him as oh, well. Yeah, so for sure. it it's definitely his strong suit. So like he he should do that. He should definitely lean more. That's why Thor Ragnarok is it's such a fucking weird movie, especially if you just look at the Thor trilogy. It's just it yeah. just takes such a hard fucking left turn that trilogy. <laughs> it really at one does. Point. Yeah. It's all like, oh brother Shakespeare, her here, and they're like, all right, dear pals, how's it going? You yeah, so we're gonna do a little, a little fucking uh, revolution, mate. It's uh, literally it's just... it's it reinvented the entire character. And to be honest, right, there's a reason that <laughs> he's the only character so far that Marvel are giving a fourth film to. Because um, normally they do like <laughs> yeah. the, the main Avengers little trilogies, unless you're unless you're Hawkeye or Black Widow, obviously. Um, in <laughs> which case, you get nothing. Um, uh, well, but Black yeah. Widow's getting a movie. Well, yeah, but well, in well, the next. Five I mean, she years, should I'll... have. She should have last May. Uh, it's now currently March, and we still don't know if it's going to be released. In <laughs> yeah, the next we don't. There's not, there's not even a date. Like the the film spent so much on marketing for that, and then now they're going to just have to spend it all again. It's tragic. Um, it's still currently set in May. I mean, this is completely irrelevant to what we're talking about, but it is still complete, currently set in May. Yeah. But are they going to make that? We don't know. Nah, definitely not. Um, but no, I think you're right in the sense that like, this is this is absolutely... It leads me back to my point. This is absolutely what Taika Waititi does best. Um, like One thing that goes throughout his, uh, like most of his films as well is um, he's got... Um, how do I say this without you making a joke? Uh, an affection for children. Um, now I'd like to stress Taika Waititi is not a paedophile but he 
it's one thing that he said like works really well like kind of like the childlike wonder in 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 like the heartwarming scenes he's like 90 percent of his films just have a child as a protagonist um yeah which is great and to be fair i think he does that best in boy which is another movie i think you should watch but we'll probably save it for another pod episode um but yes, yeah, so right. So they get into the they they get into the bush. What did you think? Like post the post the death of Heck's wife. What did you think? Uh, so I well liked it. Obviously, um, I've, I've one thing I'm absolutely a sucker for is the trope of the gruff, reluctant dad. It's it's I don't know why I like it, but I do. The the gruff, reluctant dad slowly warming up to their kid whether that be a surrogate kid an actual kid whatever that trope fucking give me that trope all day long okay the last of us the mandalorian this i fucking love it so much um and sam neil is really good at that especially now that he's older and grizzled and everything like that yeah in this movie it really really works well because you just spend so much time like the entire time he's calling him uncle uh and and he keeps saying don't call me that don't call me that don't call me that and you just want him to accept it you just want them to form that relationship and you can see there are moments where he does warm up to him and he has a little secret smile and everything like that and it is and it is right and you you relish those moments but you just you just want more you want him to open up more and let and just accept that kid as his own, which, in the end, he kind of does. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I really I really do enjoy that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Yeah, that it is definitely... It's a trope you see a lot. Like, Logan had it, um, like you said, the last yeah, exactly. of us. Um, it, it's very... It's a, I mean, I suppose it's, it's a trope because it's effective, right? Like, people want to see that kind of stuff. Um, I, think, I think the reason people like it is because everyone has difficult relationships with their father so yeah. it's just everyone projecting daddy issues onto uh, <laughs> very true the, yeah the, the movie the game whatever yeah uh, but it is but it is such a good trip and it is something i could eat up all day long so i'm always down to see that yeah um but yeah it worked it did definitely worked well it was for me the strongest part of the movie aside from like tyker's writing and everything like that there's like quite a lot of well, I say quite a lot. A few um, people who are like shown up in other Tiger movies, like the um, the the family services lady. She's um, oh, she's in, she's in Ragnarok, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's, she's like uh, Grandmaster's like guard or whatever. I think she is called Rachel House by the look of the IMDb, but I might be looking at the wrong uh. lady. I think. No, I'm pretty sure it's Rachel House. Yeah, she's her and uh, the fellow that plays Andy, who's called Oscar Knightley. Uh, they are they're so funny. And there's there's, that, yeah. there's an amazing moment where Andy goes, uh, "We're looking uh, for these people. They're dead or dead or alive." And then you just see him kind of turn off the camera, stays on him, and he goes, "Oh, alive. They should be alive." <laughs> it's just so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is great. But they they both just I like the the fact that they both they're in like child protection services and this is clearly the most interesting thing to happen in their entire <laughs> career because they just they yeah. both well not less less so Andy but uh, Paula more, just definitely gets, more her yeah, yeah she just gets so into it and then there's that in the trailer there's a hilarious exchange that you will have seen but it's edited um, a bit tighter in the trailer so it's quite it's 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 even funnier somehow um, 
when they have the argument about who's more like the Terminator and who's more like Sarah Connor. <laughs> Uh, I and loved that. That was great. It's the joke. It's the joke where it's like, uh, yeah, you're more like uh, Sarah Connor in Terminator Two when she can do chin ups, <laughs> so, which is <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, um, did you uh, did you like uh, kind of how quickly the plot took off? Because like you said, twenty minutes in, it completely turns into a different movie, and then all of a sudden, it's like it goes from two guys just kind of being out in the bush. Um, kind of just exploring having their own little camping trip and then very quickly they're criminals yeah uh i I did like it i was i was quite surprised because it it was a bit of a sharp turn like it did go from zero to 100 quite quick because you're right there was just having a little stroll along and then suddenly they have the entire fucking country yeah national fucking manhunt it goes on yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly which okay fair enough it's new zealand so it's like four people but still i mean (laughs) (laughs) sorry to any new zealand listeners yeah so you're more than four people um yeah oh god yeah no the um i to be honest right when i first saw this and i i i still kind of have the same opinion now i do think it's one of the weaker moments that's written in because there is literally one line that explains it and if you miss that line and because the line the line comes in quite a hectic scene as well, when like there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of sound effects, background noise. If you miss that yeah. line, for the rest of the movie, you're going to be going, "Why? Wait, why don't they just literally just go down the hill and be like, we're fine, <laughs> he's fine." <laughs> um, and the line that explains for anyone that hasn't seen it, I, if you haven't, why the fuck are you listening to this? <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, why are you? Yeah, for anyone that hasn't seen it, they um, the line is. Um, they go oh like basically ricky just says what i just said why can't we just go and be like no we're cool uh and he went to um he was in prison for uh, i think yeah. like a, a year or two i think he said uh for manslaughter and that basically another offense like this is going to mean that the police just automatically kind of assume or he'll like basically if it was left to a jury the jury would decide uh to like basically put him in jail again because it no matter what was said, it just looked like an abduction. Um, yeah. Which kind of shafts him, but then I feel like both of the characters are just fucking all too happy to just crack on. Like, like we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're fugitives now. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> I mean, with, with Ricky, it kind of makes sense, though, because, like, he is... Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a troubled kid, you know? He grew up in the city, lots of, like, crime and pay theft and... All that kind of shit. So with him, it makes sense that this sort of thing would excite him. For Uncle Heck, it's 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 not that he's happy to... I mean, he is kind of happy to do it, but it's more like, what other option does he have, really? Yeah. His leg's fucked. He, he can't go home. There's not really a home for him to go back to at that point. Uh, so, like, what else can he do apart from just see this through, really? So. And to be fair, I think that's that's like the strength of the movie because, like you said, for Ricky, it's fun and it's exciting yeah. because you're seeing it from the perspective of a child who doesn't really understand that he could fuck his life massively like this. Yeah. Um, and then from Uncle Hector's like uh, point of view, it's kind of just like it's like you see it as an adult. You go, oh, that's just kind of sad that like he that one he doesn't want to go back home, and two he's kind of like. Like you say, he's very quick to go, oh, well, this is what it is. Let's crack on. Yeah. And he's frustrated, but then he just kind of, like, you kind of start to see him in his element. Um, 
and yeah he starts to he starts to i think enjoy it more so and when it comes to an end uh and like the ending of the film uh he almost kind of yes he's the person that kind of instigates the end and goes look this has got to stop eventually but you you get the impression that he wouldn't have stopped because he was fully about to run from the moor and it was only yeah. when they were literally like fucking tanks on top of them that he went all right yeah. now is now is the time to call it a day um, it's it's definitely. I think it is definitely the case that he he was enjoying it, and like for the last however many years, most of his life has just been living on the farm with uh, Bella, which which he he would have liked. But I think this is just like kind of just a little bit of excitement in his life, really, just the most fun thing that's yeah. happened. Yeah, he'll he'll act all you know, gruff and dad and pissed off and not enjoying it all and everything like that. But, you know, secretly he does have that little smile secretly. I think he is kind of just enjoying being out in nature, out in the bush with his surrogate son. So, yeah. yeah. Now, one thing I I did want to touch on, um, I was at work today and I got a text from Nathan uh, that seemed very, (laughs) just very random. Um, And the text just read, oh, fuck you. Now, I'm, I'm of the impression this is when, uh, this is when Zag the dog got eaten by a boar. Is uh, that... He didn't get eaten. Well, okay. Basically, he he got he got many lumps taken out of him. He got he he got stabbed. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, you're right. That's exactly when that happened. <laughs> I fucking you're, knew it. I knew it. You're a hundred percent right. Yeah. Um, so one thing I cannot stand, um, is dogs dying in movies. Just fucks me up. I hate it. People, yeah, fucking kill them all day long. Does not affect me. Dogs dying in movies. I cannot handle it. I cry every single time. That's why usually I, whenever I'm watching a new movie and there's a dog in it, I go to a website. This is a real website called DoesTheDogDie.com. You're and joking? You, no, that's a, that's a genuine thing. Oh, um, no. And you can like type in any movie, and they will just flat out tell you if the dog dies or if the dog doesn't die in it. <laughs> Didn't think that to do it this time. It is, and it's a great website. Um, I highly recommend it to anyone who's just fucking weird like me um, <laughs> yeah so I, d- I didn't use it this time for some reason i didn't think to um, wishing now that i did so i could have been prepared yeah but uh yeah so uh zag died it was very very sad as soon as the boar just like lunged towards him i was like oh no please 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 but yeah, yeah it happened and then the boar chased Tupac and again there was that anxiety I was like if Tupac dies too I will fucking kill myself I cannot handle this yeah I was I, uh, when I first watched it when Zag died I was like oh that's sad and then if, when when it chased after Tupac I went no no don't do it yeah, no, no yeah. I'm fragile right there fortunately that wasn't the case Tupac like outrun him or whatever um and everything like that um but again it was just so it was just so fucking sad for for heck because that was literally the only the only family the only thing he had left yeah. he he lost his home he's lost his wife he's come out here with a backpack a rifle and his dog and now the dog is dead and like what else does he have of his old life people, literally people not- say that the the dog scene in i am legend uh, is the saddest dog scene i would argue that this is a lot sadder to be fair it is it is very sad especially when he like takes the rifle and just tells 
uh, the the kid to to look away. Yeah, uh, I did enjoy the fact that both the dogs are listed in the credits as well. Yeah, I did. Um, I really liked that. <laughs> yeah. I um, what's called? I uh, yeah, I watched this on uh, Amazon Prime, and they if you pause it, they give you the credit of like yeah. the scene. Uh, and I think one of them is called like Tilly or something, which is lovely. I mean, I think two pack is called Tuss or something. Oh, okay, it might um, be that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was because you're right. Yeah, on Amazon Prime, if you like pause it, it tells you who's in this scene. Yeah, <laughs> it'll say like dogs' names. Yeah, it'll say like Julian Dennison, and then it'll say Tupac has played by Tuss. Tuss, um, yeah. So yeah, first of all, the name Tupac as well, great name for a dog. Yeah, and they use it as well. There's a there's a great moment uh, in this uh, where he goes. Uh, where Ricky goes, uh, come on, Tupac. He barks like he goes woof, and then and then Ricky just goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's one of them throwaway moments that you know was probably improved or like suggested on the day, and it just it's that like attention to detail that one makes Ricky more believable as a character, and two, it's just the fucking it's a great little throwaway joke. Like it's yeah, just something yeah, absolutely, to laugh at. and. The moment as well which really made me laugh is when he was just talking to Bella about the names for the dog and then he said Tupac and she was asking him about who that is and he said he's a rapper and he's my best friend or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that really made me laugh a lot. Uh, to be fair, a lot of Ricky's dialogue in this is just hilarious. Um, like he's, oh, yeah. He's very good. Um, it is. The, one of my favourite jokes is the... Um, uh, uh, traveling with a Caucasian? Well, they got that wrong because you're obviously white. <laughs> it's so good. That made me laugh so much. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of the credits, there's a there's a great little Easter egg in this, um, and you you don't notice it until you until you do. Uh, basically, um, every single police officer or like law person in this. Uh, not including like Paula and Andy because um, they even make the joke that Andy's not a real policeman. Um, and then later on, they say like, "Where's your taser?" And it's been it's been booked by someone else. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Again, New Zealand four people. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's been it's been booked as somewhere in like Welling or whatever he said. Oh, oh shit! No. I hung up on Lawrence. Fuck! Oh, hung up on me. Let me call him back. Wellington. Yeah. Lawrence in the edit. I'm sorry. Wellington. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hung up. <laughs> Wait, what? Sorry. I'm sorry. I accidentally hung up. Fuck it. That's one more edit, Nathan. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> no, just leave it in. I said I'm sorry into the mic. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'll just cut the space. Um, and, and I guess now all of this. Well done, Lawrence. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's um, there's a great moment in this. Um, well, not 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 so much a moment, but more of like an Easter egg. Um, every single like law enforcement character, um, not including um, not including Andy and Paula, um, they none of them have names, and they're all credited as just like law enforcement, police officer, army man, whatever. Right, apart yeah. from one person who has the full credit of being called Gavin. <laughs> there's there's no reason for this whatsoever. Is, there's no reason why he is the only because he doesn't have a line. He's like in a background scene, right? So I, I, I would love to believe that Taika Waititi has just gone on this and just made all of them police officer one, two, three, four, and then just made one called Gavin, which I, which I think is great. <laughs> That's so weird. There has to be a reason for that. There must be, and I, I'm, I'm like the only thing I'm thinking is if someone in the background like mouths Gavin or something like. 
there, there must be some there must be a reason for it but it's it's just such a well, maybe there was thing. a deleted scene or something at one point maybe maybe but we'll uh well i'll find out <laughs> <laughs> um the uh the ending now i'm yeah. i haven't asked you about it uh, and i have i have an opinion and it's actually uh, somewhat of a general consensus so i'm kind of interested to hear what you thought of the the ending as a whole um okay um it i don't know it's difficult um it was a bit harsh i thought because like i mean there was no other way for it to end really like was, like they can't they couldn't have got away with this so they they just couldn't it would not have been possible i would have loved them to have got away with this and just like carried on living with possibly psycho sam in the hills or, or something like that yeah um but i don't think that would have been possible i think the most likely scenario would be that they get caught they get split up and then ricky is it ricky uh ricky yeah julian dennison yeah ricky yeah ricky has to go live with another family which in this case is the that nice uh family he he met earlier in the movie yeah um i i I like the fact that they kind of like reconcile and and he gets to come with come with them to the new farm and everything like that um but yeah i don't know i don't know really what's the what's the general consensus i'm quite interested so basically everyone agrees that this is almost like a universally perfect film but yeah the general consensus is that the ending um for a film that's been so like wonderful weird and like random um people think that the ending is too grounded in reality um which okay one i don't mind i don't mind the concept of it being um kind of the the snap back to reality kind of thing um yeah but i like a lot of other people think that some of the like the motivation to basically to cut it short when ricky shouts out that um like he was like basically he shouts out like just in retaliation and anger he goes he's molesting me um he's molestering me he's molestering me is is, yeah is the actual thing (laughs) um that that kind of just fucks heck and basically undoes a lot of the the work they've done because ultimately right he becomes the reason that like he kind of just gets locked up not locked up yeah but well he he i know he had to have his court case kind of thing um and we don't know how long that was i don't think the movie is explicitly says um but then he's still um kind of put in this uh kind of correction facility kind of thing um yeah and, and kind of made to live a life that he clearly fucking would despise just from everything you already know about the character whilst ricky who is the person that kind of like although he's a kid obviously um and he can't really be blamed for all of it uh he kind of gets to go off and have the life that he kind of wanted to like have a nice loving family that like actually like respect him like him idolize him to an extent um but heck is but kind then of isn't that but then isn't that exactly why he goes to heck though and asks him to come and join him oh, it... join them on the farm because he doesn't he he doesn't have to. No, no, like, he, no. But and he, clearly, he does go he to apologize. Wants... He does. He does yeah, go to apologize. But clearly, 
but clearly he wants Heck to be there. Clearly he wants Uncle to be a part of his life going forward. Yeah, but I don't know. I just, I think, like, I don't know. I'm just of the opinion that he, he, like, I don't think he got the just ending kind of thing. I don't think Heck got it. And I know that's more realistic, and I know it's definitely probably what would happen, if not probably a lot worse. Um, yeah. But it, I, I, it just felt a bit, I don't know, maybe, I don't want to say it was like Sam Neill's performance, but the ending didn't, it didn't seem to satisfy him. And I couldn't, like, I was a bit like, oh, he doesn't seem happy about this at all. I know they go and discover that bird together and he looks like he's having a great time. But I feel like after that point, he's got to go back to that kind of like, almost like a nursing home and with with no one that he actually cares about there. And it's not like... But that was not his ending, though. Mm. But his ending is going to the farm with Ricky and and having that life and exploring the bush with his now surrogate son. Yeah, because... I think if it had just ended with him at the nursing home, then yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. But the fact that that Ricky comes and asks him to join him. But then he has to go back um, there, though, right? Like, no, I, I, so. that, I didn't see it like that at all. Okay. I saw it as him. I saw it as him moving out there, because he said he's going to get his toothbrush. Mm, that's a good point, I guess. Yeah. Why would he get his toothbrush if he was coming back? Maybe they're just going to go just repeat the entire thing again, like <laughs> just another <laughs> national manhunt for him. Uh, no, fair enough, fair enough. I just because I because I read into it yesterday because I had that thought and I I wanted to see if like I was being an idiot. And people do say the same that the ending kind of is unnecessarily harsh on Uncle Heck. Um, but yeah, no, I guess I guess I I because I never saw it in that way. I was under the impression that he'd be coming back and like kind of just have to almost not like live two lives, but have his time with Ricky. Uh, but then when that time isn't there, he just kind of has to fucking sit by himself in some like old nursing home kind of thing. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. I didn't get that impression at all. Like for me, it was a hundred percent Ricky asking him to come and to come and live with them. That's, fair enough. That's what I got from it. I mean, I could be wrong. But I don't <laughs> Can you know. imagine Heck living with that bloke? <laughs> that sounds sounds great. <laughs> hey man, can I get a selfie? Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I like you want sausage. Yeah, little, little sausage. What do you think? Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Then that's that's interesting that you think that. Um, yeah, no. I, like, overall, like being completely honest, I I I love this film. I think it's it's got so much fucking heart, and it's there's something that Taika Waititi does. Um, like I said earlier, with his music, and it's just one the soundtrack and the score in this is fucking great. Anyway. Um, yeah, but there's a there's the song. I don't know if you heard it, and I definitely didn't the first time I watched it. So I'm interested to hear if you did. Uh, the song "Skuck's Life." It plays. Um, it plays when they're basically the big car chase uh, at the end, which oh, <laughs> which by the way is ridiculous. Um, that that <laughs> entire car chase ridiculous. is just fucking obscene. It's like it's like <laughs> on the last day of shooting, they got heard that there was like an extra million in the budget. <laughs> and then they, and they went oh okay sick we'll just do a car chase like it works and it's perfect but it's very weird um up until that point they had to put most of the budget into the cgi ball so then <laughs> yeah they, exactly uh... <laughs> mate no do the cgi the cgi ball the ball is cgi but it's actually um it's part cgi mostly um mostly costume operated by two blokes um oh, is it? yeah which is, so they, the only thing they really cgi'd was the face and when it was running Oh, yeah, which, but like well, a lot of the side-on shots um, are just two blokes, <laughs> which is great. Um, 
Yeah, literally, like you know, like um, like costume horses, like where someone is the front two legs, <laughs> and like the yeah. person's like bent over is like the ass and the the other legs. Um, it's like that. <laughs> Um, I never understood those costumes because I think the person at the bike always gets like a bad deal because you're just bent over the entire night and like that's got to be torture on your back. Yeah, I I've got a couple of mates that did it uh, at a Halloween party. I think you were there actually, weren't you? I was. Yeah. There. Uh, I remember Ben, wasn't it? It was, it was Ben it was, and uh, it was Will. Ben and Will, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they shout out to Ben and Will, <laughs> an extremely gay horse, um, but they. Yeah, no, I, a unicorn, I believe it's called. Ah, yes. Uh, so they were, I think, I think whoever was on the R end just basically like they they came in, made their entrance, and then they went, "Nah, I'm not doing this." Like, <laughs> Fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> which is absolutely fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Once you've made the big entrance, then it's you, you know you can take that off. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the, the song Skuck's Life. Um, but I don't know who had this genius idea, and I can't I can't remember the composer's name. Um, but basically, all of the lyrics to that, and you can't really tell because it's kind of got like a faded effect on the audio. Um, all of the lyrics is lines, um, or most of them, sorry, are lines from uh, Ricky's character throughout the movie. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so uh, at one point it just goes, Majestical! Um, and then, and then, like one of the one of the chorus lines is "We are on the run forever," <laughs> something like that. Um, and it's 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 really weird. Um, but yeah, listen. If you, if you watch, just watch the like the end scene again, and it, you you'll hear it. And once you've heard it, you can't unhear it. Um, and I'll it, watch that. Yeah. And it's really it's a really really weird um, choice that they've made, but it works so well. Uh, one one moment I loved during that end uh, car chase sequence is the moment where the car turns around and he's just driving past the uh, the child services lady. I forget her name, um, but it like goes in slow motion with those two just looking at each other. And then like in a classic scene like that, you would expect like Ricky's character to just give her the middle finger as he drives past. Yeah. But instead he just waves at her. Yeah. Just like his <laughs> pure childlike innocence. He just waves <laughs> as they drive it's, past. It's, it is great. Like it's, uh, yeah. Cause this, it does kind of subvert a few tropes like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember that actually. Yeah. Um, there's, the side characters, like the, um, I, th- I genuinely think it's one of my favorite scenes. Um, and I don't know if that's because it's well written, uh, well improved, or there's just like five New Zealanders in a room, <laughs> but because um, there's something about the New Zealand accent that just heightens comedy. I don't know what it is. It, it really it does. It complements yeah. like little throwaway jokes so well. Um, it's like Scott, the Scottish accent does that really well as well. Um, but there's it's when they get caught in the it's when Heck and Ricky get caught in the cabin. Um, yeah. And he comes in and he goes, oh, what's going on in here? Then a bit of molestering or something like that. <laughs> uh, and, it's, and it's just so, like, the, just the improv in it. Like, was it the, um, uh, the the moment where he's like, he's like, go on, call me. He's like, oh, no, this guy's a pervert or <laughs> something like that. Um, it's brilliant. But, yeah, what did you think of that scene? Because I think it's genuinely one of my favourites. It was a good scene. The only really thing about it is I spent a lot of this movie wondering how New Zealand worked. Um, just because, like, is are there just, like, hunting lodges in New Zealand where you can just go and, like, take the food and just 
sleep there? Is that just like a thing? I that, I wondered I mean, that. I thought it was like a like like a communal hut kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it seems like. Just like a communal hunting launch. <laughs> just, um, just a village hall. <laughs> yeah, which is weird, but and, and I mean, well stocked as well. <laughs> yeah, very well stocked. Yeah, you get you make yourself some beans, use the kitchen. I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, come have in, it. have a sit down, have a rest. But yeah, no, I did, I did enjoy that scene, and and they all played off each other. Uh, great, just the <laughs> what I did like is just the again, just the childlike innocence of just uh, Ricky telling them like what happened, and just it all making it sound like. Like obviously, oh, uh, like saying say like my hands, my hands were so soft yeah. or something like that. It yeah. got hard and then it got soft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was just very. Fun. And then late, and he's like, "Think about what you just said. How did that sound?" He's like, "Oh, bugger!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, he's great. There's there's certain moments in this where like because they introduce uh, firstly the introduction to the character of Ricky is so good with the whole like uh, yeah like uh, was it he's been arrested for spitting running away. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like it goes from like fucking something stupid like arson to then like graffiti <laughs> and like spitting running away um and it's that's a great little montage anyway i like it when things are well directed like that because they don't change shots to him Taika, running away he just spits and then runs Taika does a great little montage as well and there was one there was one montage which i don't know if you know this but uh i get the sense that well it was it was like three quarters away from the movie I guess um, and it was like just as winter was coming and there was just that panning shot where the camera was constantly panning around in a circle and it was just like everyone in like different parts like there was at the campfire then it was walking oh, yeah. away and then like yeah. the police showed up and everything like that you know what I'm talking about yeah. so I get the sense that was done in one shot I don't know for certain but I, for some reason it just seems like it would have been done in one shot because like there was a moment where you see Sam Neill and then it's obviously moved on to the next part and you see Ricky and then walking away with Sam Neill. But he's got his like hood up and you can't see his face. So I'm assuming like it was done with a double and it was all done in one shot, which if it is, is very impressive. Yeah, I mean, like there's a lot, to be fair, There's a, in this movie, there's a lot of impressive little filmmaking stuff because this was made when Taika Waititi, one, wasn't a big name and two, probably didn't have much of a budget for this. Um, yeah. Especially given like if you look at the majority of the setting, like... We even joked like the, the 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 entire budget definitely went on that car sequence. Um, Two point five million USD. Yeah, which, which, which is, don't get me wrong. In was, terms of movie making, it's fuck all. Yeah, if someone would have hand me that, I, I wouldn't be annoyed. But <laughs> at the same time, yeah, if you're making a film, that's nothing. Bear in mind, Sam Neill's yeah. quite a big name to pay as well. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, but I don't know who who knows how much he took for this or what, but um, made twenty three point two million. So damn tidy profit there. That's already a chunk of the budget. Um, damn, um, fucking hell, that's a big profit. It is a big Bloody profit. Hell. Yeah. yeah, well done. Um, yeah, got him. But that's that's technically a box office flop in terms of how much it made. But the profit, not really. Not no. It's in, in if you compare it to like Marvel and Star Wars, yeah, of course. But the fact that it cost two point five million yeah. and it made what four, five, six times ballot mass, but quite a lot times that amount. Oh yeah, no, that's what I'm then... saying. It didn't. It didn't make a shit ton of movie money, but it made like that to to get that kind of return on that budget is fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, this was also one of the. Um, uh, what was it? I, I read somewhere that in New Zealand, this was one of the first um, 
uh, oh, what was it? The first like local films uh, that basically oh, right. a load of uh, word of mouth uh, was like mostly the advertising budget in New Zealand for this. Um, oh, okay. Because of the fact that when people went out and saw it, they just went out and told people. And right, this is how cute. Again, sorry, there is only like four people in New Zealand, but um, <laughs> apparently. Uh, on its opening night it attracted a line of people to go and see it like a, an actual physical like line outside of the um outside of the cinema so yeah so a load of friendly new zealanders walked up and were obviously like hey what's this mate what's this line about and they and they were like oh it's this great new film or oh, it's a movie yeah and they went oh great and then and then that's that's the that was the majority of like the word of mouth advertising which is ridiculous New Zealand just seems like such a wholesome country, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, I'm sure there's stuff. <laughs> I'm sure there's bad stuff in New Zealand. If you're if you're from New Zealand, there definitely is. If you look into it, there's definitely like a lot of like st- racism stuff with like Maori tribe and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but like on the surface, anyway, it seems very wholesome. The, New- the Hollywood as... New Zealand we know and love, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, exactly. as we know, is obviously the truest it... depiction of a place. <laughs> I'm just looking at like uh, the budget for Taika Waititi movies here, and this is very funny because it goes: what we do in the shadows, 1.6 million; Hunt for the Wilder People, 2.5 million; Thor Ragnarok, 180 million. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, you... uh, it's quite a jump, my friend. What do you do with oh. that increase? Like, <laughs> I reckon Taika Waititi sat there thinking, I could make 200 fucking what we do in the shadows for this. <laughs> like, um... <laughs> Yeah. One, 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 one quick thing I want to finish on. One joke in this movie, which I thought was hilarious, is the moment where they're on the run from the police. The police have, like, seen them, and they're on the run from the police through the woods, and then they're hiding, like, behind a bush or something. They're just hiding as the police are walking past. Yeah. And Julian's just, like, mouthing something to, to Uncle Heck, and he can't understand him. Um, and he does it again, but he, like, uses his finger this time. He, like, makes a little ring with his finger and puts his, his finger through it, and he goes... And then once the police have gone, he says... Saying it's like in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just such a ridiculous thing to want to say at that moment. Yeah. But it's true, yeah. And such a fucking, again, such a fucking New Zealand thing to say as well, I think. Because I don't think anyone uh, loves Lord of the Rings like New Zealand does. Because those guys fucking, yeah. those guys go mad for those. If you just, right now... Google pictures of New Zealand airport. Like, just type in Lord of the Rings New Zealand oh, airport. I'm doing it now. I'm doing it. Do it right now. Fuck. What the fuck am I expecting to see? Oh my lord. <laughs> oh my lord. That's yeah. fucking obscene. You see that big fucking golem? I see that big fuck. Right, for people that obviously can't see this because this is a podcast, I've just searched that and there is an enormous statue of Gollum. Like just hanging from the ceiling. Like a fucking. I'm, when I say a statue, I mean a fuck bigger than you've ever fucking seen statue. Uh, and then there's like ones of Gandalf riding no, mate, eagles. No, what's weirder is that there's an, also a suspended fish near Gollum that he's reaching out to yeah, grab. Yeah, he's he, he's hunting fish. There's quite a few of them. Um, yeah. But Nathan, I have a question for you. Um, no. I refuse. No. Okay. Nice. Nobody's going to end the pod on a sour note, it seems. Um, <laughs> no, I refuse to do that dumb rating system. But what I will say is, this was a very good movie. Quite surprising. 
really enjoyed the performances, really enjoyed um, that reluctant father trip once again. Um, so for me, I will give this uh, eight balls out of ten. Eight balls out of ten. Okay. I'll give this. I'm gonna give this a nine balls out of ten. I do really like this. Interesting. Film. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's like it's just such a little heartwarming thing to put on. Like, and yeah. it's a short movie as well. It's not too long. It's quite nice to just. It is very breezy. Yeah, yeah. And like one hour forty or something. Something like that. Yeah, it's very it's very quick. Very nice to just kind of have on, just to feel great kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's my absolutely. That's my that's my bloody review. Um, subscribe, maybe follow every, you know, fuck all that. Do shit. that shit. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. yeah we're not. That. We're not going to leave do until that. you do. It. We're going to sit here now. Take your yeah, take I'll your wait. phone out. Go to Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you can at another happy pod. Type that in. Now you're going to be presented yeah. with maybe a few little options. Will be the one with the two pictures of of two men's. Uh, faces which are nothing to do with Apple me emojis. Uh, yeah, if, please don't sue us, Tim Cook. Yeah, and if you and if you, and if you try it, we'll deny <laughs> this ever happened. Um, yeah. And click on that, click follow, maybe like a few posts for good measure. Um, yeah. Oh, and actually, yeah, fuck it. Actually, I was meant to say this last week. Give us a five star review. Our, our podcast is just, is dying. <laughs> we, need, <laughs> yeah. we need a review yeah, to pick us was- up. I mean, we'll do it regardless. We'll do it if it's dead in the cold ground and it's just us. But we'll still, still, it can, it yeah. can help. Nice to to have a five star review. So please do that. Leave a little comment, um, and let us know what you want to listen to, or or just f- fuck off. Or, all right, go away. Or just tell us how how soothing our voices are for you to put on when you go to sleep. Yeah, very, very soothing. Would you rather listen to? Guided meditation, or would you rather listen to these two? I cuts? can do that because we've both got nice microphones, so we could talk really closely into the microphone. I know about you, but I love Rode microphones. I love Rode microphones, as my sticker suggests. Anyway, sorry for wasting everyone's time. <laughs> We're gonna go. <laughs> Ciao. Another happy pod. Another happy pod. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.